people would say things like, um, oh no, you know, she doesn't know who she is, coming back to identity. She doesn't know where she comes from. Oh, this poor lost soul. Her ancestors will find her. No offense. Sorry. I'm. Gosh, I say I'm not laughing to Mark. I'm laughing because it really is silly to me, and I'm so sorry if it, it offends you. These are the kinds of conversations that I would have if you were my friend, right? So let's be friends. Cool, <laughs> if you still want to at this point. It's just so horribly annoying that, you know, we talk about being progressive, we talk about, you know, being yourself, expressing yourself, etc. But it's almost as though that's okay until it offends the vast majority, right? Which is funny because the vast majority was at some point the minority um, who people look down on, who people marginalize, who people oppress, but then they've essentially become like their oppressors. In the spirit, amen. Come on. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> Alrighty, welcome to Open Book with Bahumi. I am your hostess with the most des Bahumi Msongo, and uh, I'm super excited for today's episode. Uh, look, I don't want to offend anyone. I really don't. Um, but I just may. It's not my hope, um, but I might offend some people in this week's episode. Um, and uh, I think I'd much rather, I want to, I don't mind offending maybe your ideologies or some things that you believe in, that I don't mind offending, but I do mind offending you. If you happen to identify with the things that I don't mind offending, then I guess I'm going to offend you. So I hope that you're ready. Um, I hope that I'm ready. Um, so uh, without further ado, Let's go. So the show is called Open Book with Bahumi, right? And one of the reasons why I created the show is because I essentially wanted a platform where I can open up, um, not just for myself, but whoever were to come onto the, the, the show. And I haven't had guests actually ever come onto the show because I wanted to really get comfortable with opening up, um, with sharing my ideas, um, sharing my beliefs, um, you know, and just trying to be as, as authentic, you know, as possible. And that in and of itself was a journey. And I think it's kind of, it's all kind of led to this episode. Am I saying that I'm not going to, you know, get more and more authentic as time goes on? No, but this is probably going to be the episode where I'm most authentic because I know that, you know, I have a lot of um, opinions that are contrary to a lot of, you know, what people believe, you know, to a lot of popular notions. Um, and I've always just kind of withheld them because, you know, we're afraid of like offending people and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I think it all just kind of, kind of leads up to this because this is the time where I just get to open up, share my opinions. And, um, you know, if you're jumping on, you're jumping on. And if you're not, you know, it is what it is. So today we're going to talk about something that's uh, pretty pivotal in society. And it's something that's often said quite casually until you dive deep into it, then you realize, oh, it's quite a deep topic and no one ever wants to really get into it unless you are for the, 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 the progressive movement or you're for the majority. 
So we're going to talk about something that's very, very important to me. I think it's, it should be something that's very important to a lot of people because it really identifies who we are as people. And needless to say, we're talking about identity in and of itself. So um, look, this is a very big word, and it's something that can be quite loosely used. But I think it's something that, that, that's, that's very important to really think about, you know, because your identity is essentially, um, you know, it's, it's not just who you are, but it, 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 it directs how you function, you know, in life. Um, and so for you, to, for you to truly become, for you to truly um, exist, um, and exist authentically, exist in a way that's, that's for, your, for your benefit, exist in a way that, that's for your prosperity, um, it's very important to, to identify what you identify with, right? Um, it's a topic that I've shied away from because it's, it's really sensitive, you know? Um, I know that there are people who, um, look, what you identify with is, 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 is sensitive in and of itself because the moment anybody challenges that or challenges anything that is linked to that, you feel as though they are challenging you, right? And so, which is why it becomes a very touch and go, you know, kind of topic. Um, but we're going to talk about it and I'm going to give you my opinion on it, um, what I think about it. And um, look, I'm going to try to be as as factual as possible as well, as neutral as possible. Everything that I say isn't just opinion-based. A lot of the things that I'm gonna say are actually just based on truth, they're based on facts. Um, but a lot of people, you know, shy away from facts purely because of emotions, purely because of, um, you know, how they have seen things. And we, we've, as, as people, we've essentially, um, We've, we've taken something that should just be factual and, and personalized it, um, which is why you know, it's become such a sensitive thing. Um, but um, yeah, let's get right into it. So, phew. <laughs> I'm even trying to see where to begin here at this point. But um, let me just start with, let me just get straight to the point, and then we'll build up from there. Uh, believe it or not, your identity, we'll get into the definition of identity just now, but uh, your identity is not defined by your culture. Your identity is not defined by yourself. Your identity is not defined by your sexual orientation. Your identity is not defined by your... I'll get to now, you know, the simplified things like, you know, your age, uh, your gender, your background, uh, your social norms. That's not what identifies your identity. Now, when I say identity, I don't just mean, I don't necessarily, um, how do I put this? I don't mean the, 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 the subcategory of identity, you know? I, I, I don't mean your peripheral identity, right? When I say identity, I mean your core identity, right? It is not defined by any of those things. Cool. So what does it identify? What, 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 hmm. Where do you get your identity from? So I think it's best that I first identify, <laughs> excuse the pun, um, 
I think it's best that I first identify or rather go through um, what doesn't identify you before I get into what does or what should define you, right? Yeah, that's the better word. I can't keep using the word identity. Just, yeah, so much. Um, I think it's best for me to get into what, what, what doesn't define you first because, you know, sometimes well, I've always learned that it's best to, to first uproot Okay, let's uproot all the lies, let's uproot all the, all the misconceptions before we dive into, you know, the actual truth. Otherwise, you're just going to pile the truth onto a lie, and then it's not going to be like the full truth, right? Which has pretty much been the issue with, with this whole idea of identity, right? Um, earlier I said that, you know, you get your peripheral identity, um, you know, kind of like your subcategory identity, and then you get your core identity, right? Many people have defined themselves by what would be the peripheral identity, right? So... People have identified themselves with um, the things that they have. So, you know, the materials that you have. If you've got gang materials, then you must be filthy, disgustingly rich, right? And that's your identity. You are rich. Um, people would identify themselves with, um, you know, their job. People would identify themselves with their gender, their age, um, their culture, their background, um, you know, their, 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 their social norms or whatever. Um, and it's not to say that those, those don't play a part in, you know, who you become, um, but they're not the core of, of who you are. And if you find yourself in those things, then you will limit who you are, thus limiting your potential, right? And that's been my main issue with this whole idea of identity. It's the reason why I want to have this topic, to be quite honest. Um, the reason why many people are limited, the reason why many people are stumped in their lives um, and don't reach the full the fullness of their potential is because they have they themselves have have kind of limited that by what they identify themselves as right so say for example in society i will limit myself to you know being a woman and what a woman is according to social standards um and let's say i'm actually let's put ourselves back in in a, in a very normal setting in a very in the simplest of forms let's put ourselves back in the 1920s where women um you know never had um, you know, CEO jobs, for example, they belonged in the kitchen. Um, you know, they they just say yes and amen to you know whatever their husband says or whatever. If I purely identify myself in that as the peripheral um, identity, then I will never be able to reach the fullness of who I am as a person. You know, before I identify myself as as a woman, then I will never be able to, for example, even sit with you right now and be able to express my opinions, right? I won't be able to um, just, <laughs> I want to say rape hands, <laughs> but I won't be able to, you know, fully express myself as who I am purely because I limited myself to, you know, just being a woman, right? Um, and so if, if you take that, that example and then you link it to all the other things that people identify themselves as, um, you start to see just how much people have limited themselves purely by what they have chosen to identify themselves as. And one thing that I've learned, and I think it's something that um, uh, this pastor, Pastor Mike Todd, once said, is that perception is your ultimate reality, even if it's not the ultimate truth. So whatever it is that you perceive life to be, however you perceive yourself to be, you either limit yourself by what you see, or not only do you limit yourself, but you can also take on a completely false identity and then live a complete lie. So not only do you have the people who identify themselves in a half-truth, but you also 
people who identify themselves in a complete lie and then they live according to that lie, never being directed to the truth of who they are, thus manifesting their true being, right? And I think that is just such a disservice to who you were created to be, who God made you to be, right? So, um, like I said, your identity is not in your culture. Your identity is not in your sexual attraction or your gender temperament. Your identity is not even in yourself, meaning you don't get to define yourself. These are some that you're, we're going to get into, and I know they're going to offend some people or shock some people, but it is what it is. Um, and then this may be part of culture, but I want to say this one um, purely because I've seen it in my, um, in my you know, circle what, what can I put it like in my circle of influence or, or in my in my circle yeah like what I've observed um, is how people also find their identity in their religion I'll rather say it in terms of what I've seen um, and my experience because I don't I don't want to talk about other people's religions because I don't really know them your identity is also not found in your idea of Christianity right um, so we're going to talk about these I know they're going to offend some people but let's just get right through let's just yeah, go through them piece by piece, I get. So, um, the first one that I wrote here is that your identity is not found in your culture, right? Um, first, let me, let me um, link it to your, your African culture, right? So, I'm African, I'm South African. If anybody else is going to see this around the world, just try to find yourself in this. But everything that, I'm everything that I say, I really am saying it just from experience, from personal observation, and from you know, research. So I'm not going to talk about things that I don't know about. Right? Um, in my sphere of influence, um, and in my country, I've seen how a lot of people have identified themselves with their culture. And this is you know, predominantly linked to you know, cultural beliefs, um, let's even say religious beliefs. You know, a lot of people call it um, you know, like, you know, ancestral worship and things like that. I don't really know if, if, if it has a term, but I would actually call it a religion. It's just like an African religion, right? But essentially, like, let's say the belief in, um, you know, your, your ancestors being able to communicate with you and you communicating with them and things like that, right? Um, so if you know me, you'll know that it's no surprise that I'm Christian. Um, and so I'm a follower of Christ. Um, and so this may be, I don't know, to some people already, they may be looking at me as like, you know, oh, okay, so she's going to tell us that ancestors aren't real and blah, blah. And um, also that's not true. Ancestors are very real, right? Otherwise, you know, where do I come from? The whole kind of thing. Um, but this isn't a topic about, you know, uh, let's dissect what makes Christianity real and let's dissect what makes ancestral worship real or whatever. It's trying to see why you choose or decide to find your identity identity in your ancestors or those who you know have passed and whatnot. Um, I, I I remember I was on uh, I was on a reality show a couple of years ago, um, and on that show, I was having a conversation with my parents, and they wanted to do a ceremony for me. And um, in that ceremony, I had to engage with my ancestors so that they would accept me into um, my, my paternal lineage, essentially, right? So that I could take on that surname. And I immediately um, denied that. I, not the word, 
um, <laughs> I rejected that. I said no, right? Um, and so when, when, I, when I declined that, that's the word I was looking for, when I declined that, I remember it caused a whole spiel, not just in the family, um, but just on social media, really, like throughout essentially the whole country or everyone who was watching, right? Um, and people would say things like, um, oh, no, you know, she doesn't know who she is, coming back to identity. She doesn't know who she is. Um, she doesn't know where she comes from. Oh, this poor lost soul. Um, her ancestors will find her. <laughs> no offense. Sorry. I'm... Ah, gosh, I say I'm not laughing to Mark. I'm laughing because it really is silly to me, and I'm so sorry if it, it offends you. This is, like I said, I'm opening up. This is who I am. It, these are the kinds of conversations that I would have if you were my friend, right? So let's be friends. Cool, <laughs> if you still want to at this point. Um, so, uh, so, you know, people were, were constantly saying just, you know, just ridiculous things, in my opinion, and, and, and for the life of me, I, I, I knew I could, I knew I wanted to, but I, I couldn't or I didn't articulate how I actually felt. One, because I knew that it was going to cause an argument that probably was unnecessary. But two, um, because of the fear of you know, judgment, what people are going to say to me, people are going to think about me and whatnot. Um, and it's just so horribly annoying that you know, we talk about being progressive, we talk about um, you know, being yourself, expressing yourself, etc. But it's almost as though that's okay until it offends um, the vast majority, right? Which is funny because the vast majority was at some point the minority um, who people look down on, who people marginalize, who people oppress, but then they've essentially become like their oppressors. Um, and that's, that's actually the, the opposite of progress, of, of being, being, you know, progressive. I think it's, it's actually it's the whole thing of two wrongs don't make a right, you know, so people should be able to express themselves and, and um, say where they stand, even if it happens to offend you, just as long as everything is done in respect, let people be and do whatever it is that they will, right? Um, so we had that whole topic, and um, I never got to, let me say, I never really got into what I, what I would have liked, how I would have liked to respond back then, so I'm going to do that right now. Um... The reason why it is probably dangerous or limiting, one of the reasons at least, why it's limiting for you to identify yourself um, with your ancestors, um, you know, or those who have gone before you or whatever, um, is because, look, it's, how do I put this in a nice way? Should I put this in a nice way? Okay. <laughs> Okay, cool. Um, one of the reasons why it's dangerous or it's, let me say, it felt ridiculous to me to identify myself with those who have gone before me is because there is no difference between them and myself. Um, yes, as time goes by, you know, I've, we, you know, we do different things. We operate differently um, to how they operated. Um, we progress, we learn, etc. But when I say there's no difference between them and myself, is that they are just as flawed as I am. Um, they are just as human as I am. I can learn from them, but they can't be the blueprint for how I operate in my life. Because they're just as human as I am. I won't lie to you, if, if my descendants 
<laughs> have only me to learn from. They are screwed. They, <laughs> they are screwed. It's not even funny. Not to say that I don't have um, great insight for them. Not to say that, um, you know, they, 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 they aren't pieces of knowledge, you know, or nuggets of knowledge that I, that, that I can feed them, um, you know, that they could benefit from, right? But if I'm, if I'm the blueprint, if I'm the benchmark, <laughs> the rest of humanity is screwed. Why? Because we are all flawed as human beings. It doesn't make sense how how um, my only blueprint is how history has done it. In fact, if our only blueprint, blueprint of how to move forward in life is, is to do it the same way that the people of before did it, then <laughs> actually, it's, it's, it's actually in direct contradiction of, of what's happening now. Then why don't we also bring back slavery? Why don't we also um, just bring back um, just genocides. Let's like let's just. I'm, bring, I'm 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 taking all the all the very extreme things here. But like, let's just bring back. If we're gonna take every supposed good thing that they did, let's also take every supposed bad thing, right? Um, which then means that we we can't use them as as a blueprint for how things should be, right? So and and quite often the 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 smarter thing to do would be actually would actually to do the very opposite of what they did because then you can see that it never worked throughout history so then now we're just trying to do something different hence you know now we have democracy um in many countries now we realize oh wait actually you know black people and white people are equal okay cool so let's not do it like they did it you know what i mean oh wait actually women can hold ceo positions maybe differently to how men do it and whatnot but they can oh okay cool oh wait maybe i shouldn't raise my children this way maybe i should be you know what i mean and so more than anything history has proven that we've learned more of what we shouldn't do from them than we have what we should do you know what I mean? So then why would we, as, and not, I'm not specifically speaking to Africans, um, and, and, you know, an ancestral worship and engagement, etc. because I know some people say that they don't worship their ancestors, they just, you know, engage with them, speak with them, etc. But nevertheless, it's like, if you're going to, if, if your only basis, right, if your only basis, if there's another basis, we can have a conversation about it. But if your only basis for engaging with um, your ancestors or ancestral spirits, maybe those who may come to you in a dream, etc., is because they did it, and then the ones who did the ones who did it before them did it before them, and it be, it, it's 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 not a strong enough foundation because there's a lot that they did that was incorrect. So how do you know that you are, how do you know if you are truly walking in truth? You know what if all of that is just a warped idea of truth, and it's just a perception that is. It's a, it's, it's, it's a false perception. And then you're just taking on whatever it is that you're seeing you know, in a dream um, or you know, whatever it is that you're hearing. And because the people up before deal with it in one way, it means that you should deal with it in that, in, in that way as well. That's not a really strong foundation to believe in something because the other person did it. How do we know that they did it right? How do we know that they, they were the... Um, the beginning of it, like, um, uh, essentially what I'm trying to say is like, how, how far back does it go? How did the very first person do it? How did the very first Zulu do it? How did the very person, how, how did the very first Kosa do it? You know, how, how, how did the very first person do it? And how do you know if it's right? 
So I'll get to my answer as to how we then deal with it. But then if, like I said, if, if, if your identity is found in, in what people do, then that's not a strong enough basis because you are flawed and I am flawed and we're all flawed. So uh, we're screwed. I need to find a better word than screwed. I don't think that's a, that's a, that's a healthy word, but Lord pray, y'all pray for me. Um, <laughs> cool. So um, the next thing that I want to debunk, um, <laughs> this, is, this I think is kind of like, a, this one I think is kind of like a universal one. So not so much limited to, to, to Africans, um, but your identity should not be found in your sexual attraction or your gender temperament. Um, when I say gender temperament, I mean, because initially what we, what we had thought, um, you know, uh, different sexual orientations were, um, we thought that they were purely based on, you know, your sexual attraction. So if I'm attracted to the same sex or, you know, the different sexes, but um, now we also know that it's linked to how you feel, right? Um, and generally feelings are based on temperament. Correct me if I'm wrong, I don't mind being corrected. Um, so <laughs> when I say gender temperament, I essentially mean who you feel, the gender that you feel like you are or who you feel like you are um, in terms of gender. Um, so you get homosexual, lesbian, trying to go through all the alphabets. Um, lesbian, no, sorry. That, that's, Uh, that sounds rude. <laughs> sorry. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for helping me out here. So, sorry, I'm trying to go through the order, actually. It's LGBTQI+, right? So, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transsexual, queer. What's I? What's I? What's I? I'm going to Google this. Hold on. <laughs> Intersex, pansex, all of them, right? Um, so, so, so all, the, um, all the gender identifications, essentially, right? Um, this is probably the one that I, that I the one that I feel most... Um, I want to say emotional about because the other ones, I mean, yes, for sure. It hurts me that people identify by, um, you know, their ancestors and stuff. And because I understand that, you know, it, 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 I mean, I also understand that that comes from a place of hurt um, and oppression. We understand what oppression did to us as black people. Um, I mean, I, I never got to experience a part about it, thank God, but, um, you know, I understand why a lot of people would want to relate to um, their ancestors because it's almost as though our history was stolen from us, our history was taken away from us. Um, but I also feel like that's kind of used as, um, as an excuse to, again, limit who we truly are. Um, so whenever you do anything from a place of hurt, you should probably question it. Um, yeah, 
I'm not going to get into that. That's another, that's another topic. Um, so, but I, I think I understand um, why people would identify with their culture and why that would hurt. Um, and there's a level of hurt that I feel for that as well. But I think the reason why I feel so um, emotional with um, the queer community and kind of identify with them in a sense um, is because, look, <laughs> it's one thing to feel as though you lost your culture, um, but I think it's another thing to feel as though you were, where you are absolutely not born in the right um, state, body. Um, just, it's, it's one thing to feel as though you are a mistake. You know, I think that's, that's a whole other, other topic. I see all these other different identities that people have, you know, struggle with and, and, and have chosen to identify with. But uh, being a queer person and then feeling like you are not in the right frame, um, this, this especially with, with, you know, the trans community. Um, and then worse, having people marginalize you for it um, people look down at you for it. People, you know, look you up and down, completely misjudge you for it. Um, people kill you for it. Um, people just scoff at you for it. You know, people look at you like you are a walking sin. Um, that's a whole other thing, man. That is a whole other thing. And so I understand why, in part at least, because I don't really know it fully in experience, but I, I understand why um, you would you would just rather fully embrace um, this identity and fight for it to the core, tooth and nail, even if it could be in part to your detriment. Like even if any element of it, of it or anything linked towards it may be wrong. Um, I understand why it feels as though when someone attacks that, that wrong thing, it feels as though they're attacking you as a person. Um, so I could get that. But there's a few things that I think that we should get into with that one. In fact, that one could probably take the whole day to discuss. I don't exactly know why specific queer people identify themselves as what they identify themselves um, or with what they identify themselves as. Um, but for the most part, all that I've ever heard was it being based solely on how they feel. Um, and so one would say, you know, I, I identify as a woman um, because I feel like a woman. And so if you would go ahead and, and pose a question as to why you feel like a woman, um, they would essentially name, I want to say, the core social attributes of, of what a woman is like right? Um, 
I think there's three that I know of, um, which is that um, you know women are generally um, I think it's emotionally negative. Um, they are more compassionate, um, and they are. And this is also statistical. Um, they are more compassionate. Um, they are. They care more about people than they do about things. Um, and then there's the other not so core ones, like, um, you know, they they like girly things or feminine things. Like, you know, they like let's say feminine colors. They from a young age they played with, um, you know, female toys like Barbies and dolls instead of action figures. You know, they liked hanging around with women more. Um, they liked having conversations with women more. Um, and uh, and then that then went on to you know who they were sexually attracted to, etc. Right. Um, and I think one of the things that we failed at as a society um, was thinking that just because someone has you know these specific attributes then they must certainly, definitely be that thing, right? So let's say I, as a man, make an example obviously, but let's say a man would have those attributes of a woman, um, then that immediately identifies them as a woman, right? As though women, or sorry, as though men can't have those attributes as well, you know? Um, and so the same for, for women with men. It's like if I am a, a woman who cares more about things than, than people, if I am, um, you know, a woman who um, is less compassionate, probably a lot more assertive or aggressive, um, you know, if, if, if just all the, all the typical male attributes, then that must mean that I am a man. Right, and I think that's where we've probably failed the queer community, um, just as people in general, because then we then mis either misplace them or misjudge them, and then you know you'll you'll see a child grow up, um, who you'll see a male child grow up who seems to act like a woman, and then we'll tease them and say, "Ha ha, you're a woman, you're a girl, you know whatever," and then they grow up, you know, then certainly believing that, um, and then even you know with this. Maybe it's probably way even that whole idea of toxic masculinity, you know, would come in. But it's like sometimes I think that we we destroy people's futures and mindsets at the most vulnerable stages of their development, um, and then when they grow up, they have you know all these gender um, issues or struggles or issues with identity etc and this is in particular to gender um, and then you know we wonder why you know they fight this so much because this entire time it's almost as though we've we as a society not even just just maybe on a, on a personal person to person um, level you know um, not, not not even on like a one on one um, interaction, but like just as a society, um, you know, pink is for girls, blue is for boys, that whole kind of thing. 
um, when we did that, we have essentially caused, um, I want to say, one of the issues with pride, you know, um, because we've built up their identity to be a certain way. And then when they start to fight it to their core, um, we kind of antagonize them, right? Um, and yes, of course, they have been antagonistic as well in many respects, but we also have to, as a society, just really take accountability and blame ourselves for how we've, we've shifted this entire, this entire thing, you know, of identity and gender. So that's been one of the, one of the issues, you know, with, with gender, you know, which is that um, because it's purely based on, on feeling, then it must be. You know, so if I feel like a woman, then I must be a woman. If I feel like a man, then I must be a man. If I like female things and I'm a man, then I must be female and vice versa, you know. Um, and I think that's, that's something that we really have to look at and unpack there, right? Because quite often, I'm not saying that this is always the case, but quite often if something is, is, um, is accepted in one, in one space, um, then there's a high chance that it should be accepted in, in other respects as well, right? So if my feelings qualify who I am in one respect, um, if my experiences qualify who I am in one respect, then they should probably qualify who I am in other respects too. And that's a very dangerous thing. That's a very dangerous um, um, stance to take, you know, game that, we'll, that we would be playing. Um, because what we're then essentially saying is that then feelings govern who you are. Feelings govern your identity. Um, and that's very, very dangerous because your feelings are very fickle. Your feelings change all the time, right? Um, and, and, uh, and then I think it becomes even more dangerous not only to, um, you know, assume that if, if you are, um, if, if you feel a certain way, then, you know, you must be that thing. Um, but to make that your core identity um, becomes very, very toxic, not just for you, but for the people around you, because it means that anything that people were to, let's say, address that would be negative about that thing um, would immediately offend you because you have chosen to sit on it. You've chosen to rest who you are on it. If you then choose to identify with you know, a peripheral identity, it means that anything that would be linked to that, um, even if it is negative, somebody addresses that, you immediately feel as though they are um, addressing an issue with you, as in you are the main issue, right? And not the thing itself, right? So let's say I don't have a problem with queer people, but I have a problem with pride in and of itself, right? In fact, I even think that the name is pretty rich, right? Um, <laughs> Let's say I have an issue with pride itself. It, uh, many things um, that the pride community um, or the pride organization stands for, um, you know, many things that um, that they do. Say I don't have a problem with, you know, you dressing like how the typical, how how the typical, how the opposite sex would dress typically. Um, uh, but I do have a problem with you um, sexualizing your body in front of children. Immediately, you would feel as though I am attacking you as a person, just because I'm addressing how you are sexualizing your body in front of children. Do you see why? 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 
what you choose to identify with is very important and why it could be detrimental. Because you, if, if, you choose to identify, if you choose to identify yourself in a thing and someone addresses the thing and not you, but they're addressing the thing, you start to feel as though they are addressing you and are attacking you, hence the offense. And I think hence the issue with pride. Personally, I'll tell you right now, I have, <laughs> I have a huge issue with pride. I do. I, I, I have a huge issue with um, the pride organization. I have a huge issue with... Um, a lot of the things that Pride stands for. I love the fact that the Pride community strives for, um, you know, standing up for for the rights of queer people. Um, I love the fact that you 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 stand for equal rights. You know what I mean? I love the fact that you stand up for marginalized groups and and making sure that they are, they are free and 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 that you know they are liberated in places where they felt, um, you know, just chained or enslaved or whatever it may be. Um, that I like. What I don't like is what it's become. And I think maybe the main issue is it even being called pride, to be quite honest. Um, I think it's almost as though, and I think I, I, I hinted to, to this late earlier, um, it's almost as though the queer community has identified themselves in queerness or pride so much that they have almost seamlessly become like the very people who oppress them. And I think um, it's, it's, it's what I said earlier when I said, you know, two wrongs don't make a right. I mean, if these things sound very corny, these are things that we learned when we were five and six and whatnot, but you know, maybe they still stand. If I can say it in a, in, in, in a bougie, I don't know, super philosophical you know, type of way, I would, but it just is what it is. You know what I mean? You, 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 don't, you don't change something. You don't change um, something wrong by becoming that thing. You know, it's the very reason why, um, you know, the, the, the people who came before us, the freedom fighters who came before us, strived more for, for, for peace than revenge, you know. And so just because we're not calling it revenge, speaking to, you know, many people who are in the, who are in the queer community or, or the pride community, um, just because you're not calling it revenge or vengeance or whatever doesn't mean it's not what it is, right? It's, it's like... You, I mean, because think about it. Many people in the pride community have become so prideful that they have censored the speech voices, let's say freedom of speech, of people who may not identify with the queer community. And I think that that's very unfair. Um, it's, <laughs> I wanna say it's very rude, it's not nice. <laughs> um, they have become, I, it's actually quite prejudiced really, which as well is quite ironic because prejudice is the reason why you created the organization. Right. Um, 
you have discriminated against people who may not completely agree with everything you stand for. Um, and immediately identify them or label them as exphobic, so homophobic, transphobic, um, I don't know, queerphobic, um, if they don't agree with even one, it's not 11, <laughs> with even one of your notions. By virtue of the fact that somebody will not call you a certain gender purely because you feel like you are that gender, immediately identifies themselves, immediately identifies them as that phobic. You know what I mean? And you haven't even, you don't even try to see where they're coming from quite often. Again, I'm not speaking to the whole group of queer people. Funny enough, there are many people who are in the queer community who have had these conversations with who actually very much agree with me and I felt very validated by that, I won't lie, because I felt like maybe I'm just going crazy by myself. Maybe I'm being crazy. Um, and many of them have actually spoken about how many people in the queer community themselves are um, exphobic or yphobic, but they don't, you know, they don't see that just because they are in the community. Um, anyways, uh, so 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 you, you you become prejudiced to people who don't believe in everything that you believe in. Um, you just so you discriminate against them. Um, you misidentify them. Um, you completely reject them from your society. You essentially want nothing to do with them. Or what they think or what they believe, even if what they believe may liberate you in some way or form. And that's something to think about. Honestly, think about this. I mean, this, this is what you guys have always wanted, right? You've always wanted um, to uh, just be, to, to be free, to, to, to exercise, to express rather, maybe not just exercise, but to just, to just express yourself fully, you know, be who you are um, without being bound, you know, by anything and whatnot. And I think maybe that's what um, created this whole movement of queer people, even expressing themselves with no bounds, no limits at all, even in their dress code, for example, right? So it's like, yeah, sure. You, the queer community says, no, guys, we want to be expressive. We want to be who we are. All right, cool. Let's give them that, guys. Why wouldn't we? We all have human rights, right? So let every human just be who they are. All right, cool. Okay, then they say, yeah, but now we want to do it even beyond what, what human standards allow, like even beyond what you guys do, right? So now it's like, no, I don't just want to express myself. I want to express myself fully, even if it it tampers or hinders somebody else's right, which is the opposite of what, how rights should work. Rights come with responsibilities. I've said this before in one of my, in one of my videos on, Insta, in, on Instagram, is that, yes, fine, have your rights. Completely, you should have human rights. But at the end of the day, we are the human race. You are not isolated here in life. You, you, are, not an, you are not an individual by yourself, right? You are surrounded by other people, which, immediately imposes or creates a consequence, which is the responsibility. So you don't just embody or you don't just um, receive a right. You also have to exercise a responsibility. Rights come 
rights come with responsibilities. So if I have a right, for example, to dress as I will, fine, do that. But there are certain safe um, boundaries that are necessary for how I dress so that I don't hinder somebody else's rights or um, just somebody else's growth or development, right? Um, so if I'm like, okay, fine, you can dress however you want. Sure, dress however you want. Okay, but now if you're going to dress how you want and dressing how you want then also means revealing your, your body or, you know, sexualizing your body or whatever um, in front of, let's say, my toddler. I'm not even going to talk about myself. Listen, there are many adults who don't even like that themselves. That's okay, but adults can reason. Right. But then if you're going to dress like that in front of my child um, and then my child sees that and thinks that it's OK and we know all the things that are dangerous with, you know, children dressing sexually, etc. Um, then you start to tamper on, you know, not just what my child is exposed to, but how I can protect my child in society you know, how I can protect my child as a parent, how I parent, I tell my child, don't dress like this, my child sees this person and they think that maybe it's fine, all these kinds of things, you know what I mean? And that's just on dress code. There's a lot, like there's a lot that's actually, and I've, I've mentioned a, a, a few before this as well, but there's a lot that's actually um, an issue with, with um, a lot of the things that the pride community does. But what are, why am I saying all of this? What, what's, what's all this to do with identity? If I call that out, if I address that, it immediately becomes a problem for you because it's not something that I can freely address because you feel as though I'm attacking your identity, not the issue. And that's the problem with you identifying in a peripheral identity. That's the problem with you identifying with, with something as opposed to with who you actually are, the spirit that you are. So... There's so much I want to get into with this one. It's not even funny. This one can get in. Like, it's, it's a whole day one, this one. It's a whole day one. And I really want to have people on, onto, the, um, onto the podcast, you know, that we can have the discussion with people in the community and outside of it. And let's see, you know, what we can, uh, what we can unpack, right? Um, so you get the issue of me not being able to address something that may be linked to identity because you'd be offended assuming that I'm attacking your actual identity. But then the other one, which is probably a little more um, sensitive, um, but again, we can talk about it. Why is my eye twitching? <laughs> I feel like it's twitching because maybe I shouldn't say this. This is a sign. I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's really twitching. Can you see it? You can't. Can you see? <laughs> A little, but I wasn't until I started twitching. Hold on. Let's stop the twitching. <laughs> okay. Um, I think then there's also then an issue if I can't question the identity itself. So... For example, I know what I identify as, right? Um, 
I know a lot of people identify as this as well, but I, you know, I, I'd like to unpack it a bit more so you guys understand what I identify as, but we'll talk about that later. Um, I want to end off with my identity because it's my podcast. Um, so I know what I identify as, right? I am so sure of what I identify as that if you come and question me about it, <laughs> look, at least it helps that I'm sure about it. So the, the, the chances of... Um, you finding some lie in it are pretty scarce, but I'm the kind of person who's open to, you know, hearing out and, and listening, right? But I'm so sure of my identity that if you attack it, um, or if you address it in any way or question it in any way, I'll be able to respond to you in a way that is very sure of my identity without being offended by your questioning, right? Without, um, just lashing out or being super ten temperamental um, about you addressing my identity, right? Because I'm sure of my identity. It's like if someone comes to me and then questions, you know, whether I, whether I'm human. You know, I, I may look at you left field, but you know, I'll hear you out. But I'm not gonna, you know, lash out and scream, etc. Blah blah blah, right? Um, but <laughs> one of the issues with people who identify under all the different identities in the, in the queer community is that if anybody questions even the identity itself, not even something within the identity, but if anyone questions even the identity in and of itself or why you've identified with that very thing, the person is immediately offended, thus calling the person questioning Exphobic, phobic Y-phobic, whatever, right? Um, and I think that speaks volumes to um, the confidence that you have yourself within that identity. Um, I want to say that's a you problem, to be honest. And maybe that's something that you need to talk to you and your God about. Yeah, that's something between you and your God, right? Maybe that's something that you're going to have to have a, a conversation, I don't know, by yourself in your bedroom or whatever, right? Um, because... And I think uh, uh, the apostle at our church once said this, is that, you know, if you are offended by something, you, you, you need to be very careful about, or, or rather look at, at what offends you. Because it can reveal a lot of things about, you know, where you stand, um, what you really think, you know, etc. If I'm not even intentionally offending or try, uh, trying to offend your, your identity or you, um, but I'm merely questioning how you came to that realization, um, and then you get offended by that. I think that's 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 something to that's something to look at. You know, as to how whether you really are certain of that identity, right? Not me, Google. Um, I read something earlier on. Uh, this week, and uh, I was I was trying to see where the word queer comes from, right? I saw a couple of videos. Some people posted a couple of videos on social media, um, but then I decided to go to the Oxford itself. And quite often, whenever I research a certain word, um, I don't just look at the definition. I look at I research and I go to its very origin, right? So the dictionary um, 
defines the word queer as, um, as I think it's different. Let me actually find it, but I think it's, yeah. Um, so the, the word queer means strange, odd. Um, and then it talks about, you know, denoting sexual identity or gender identity, etc. And then the origin um, uh, comes from the, it's a, a German word um, that means oblique or transverse, which essentially means not straight, but um, but it means different, right? Um, not normal. And that's, this is essentially where, where the videos that I found ended it at, right? They're like, yeah, it just means strange, not normal. So I understand why the queer community would identify as queer. In fact, there many people are queer because there are many people who are just weird. You know, I'm weird in many respects, right? Um, but then the origin, like the very origin of the word, not me, Google, is actually the word doubtful. So, I mean, I could be wrong here. I'm not even saying that that's why you call yourself queer. But if the very origin of your word is doubtful and I question your identity, it speaks volumes as to why you would be offended and why you'd probably, I don't know, get a rise out of me questioning that because it's almost as though whether you say it or not, it's like at the core of your being, you yourself are doubtful about who you are. And I don't say that to be disrespectful. I don't even, you know, say that to, to judge you. I actually say that from a place of, you know, pain. And I want to say sympathy. You know what I mean? Because like I said, it must be a lot to really, to constantly question who you are, whether no matter how you're living, no matter how you choose to exercise that, even if you end up choosing to identify as the opposite sex, your entire life will always be you living in doubt, even if you're not questioning it in your, con in, 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 in your consciousness, like even if you're not conscious of your questioning. The core of you is constantly in, um, in opposition. The core of you is constantly fighting, right? And, and that, 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 that breaks my heart for you, to be honest. You know what I mean? It really does. Unfortunately, though, it can't stop me from questioning things that I question. And until I find an answer, I'm not going to stop questioning. That's just who I am. I mean, I question my beliefs every single day because I always want to find more truth about it. Um, but then there are times when I question everything that I do in a very healthy and probably necessary way so that I can actually grow, manifest into the truth of who I am, um, be really progressive, um, and yeah, become the best version of myself. Why, how, why would I, you know, want to exist in life at, at the same level consistently, you know? And if there's any doubt found in me, I want to address that doubt. So if, if, if there's a, a queer person, um, you know, who is living in doubt, um, but doesn't really address that doubt and would probably rather choose to, to go a certain way um, without fully addressing that, maybe because it's easier, um, maybe because it feels more natural or whatever. I think that's something to, to, to address and question uh, so that you really are authentically living in truth and not just living in your perception of truth. All right. Um, that said, 
there's the part of identity um, that really bothers me in terms of um, the queer community in particular. And I think that's the whole notion that I can't um, question the identity itself. And I think without questioning it, because I think, I mean, I've questioned this a number of times, I've even asked a number of, of queer people and we can bring somebody on the show who we can, you know, have this discussion with. Um, not in a very, like, yeah, let's have a debate about this kind of way. I don't, I'm not that kind of person. We don't do that kind of stuff yet. We have chats, we all open up and we see where we all stand. Um, but, um, so it's, so yeah, without questioning it, I'll, I'll, I will give you my stance about it. I think this is more so related to the, the trans community. You are more than welcome to transition into who you will to transition to. If you want to transition to a man from a woman, if you want to transition to a woman to, from a woman to a man, that's totally fine. It doesn't make you that though. Transitioning into someone or something physically doesn't make you into who or what that thing actually is. I mean, this may not even just relate to the trans group alone, but maybe to the entire queer community, you know, like if a, if a man dresses as a woman, but they don't identify as a man, you know, I'd actually, I think I prefer that one more than um, someone who actually identifies as, as a gender that they're not holistically, you know, um, again, purely because of feeling. I think that that's, um, I understand where you're coming from. I understand why you'd want to do that. Um, probably understand why you'd feel that way. But I also think it's fair for you to understand how that's unfair to me as the person who's actually that. And uh, I wanna even say it doesn't feel like one, but I am that, you know? Um, and I've reasoned with that. And there are many attributes of who I am, and there are many attributes of my peripheral identity of a woman that you can't transition into. That's not making you that, that thing. So that's not making you a woman, that's not making you a man. I think it's, it's almost being, it's almost taking, it's, 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 it's quite a shallow interpretation of what, of, of what makes a man and what makes a woman. Also kind of like what I touched on earlier is that we have very shallow ideas of what makes a man and what makes a woman. Oh, this is pink, okay, it must be woman. This is blue, it must be man. You know, oh, this is boobs, okay, it must be woman. This is flat chest, it must be man. You know what I mean? Um, and so then, okay, maybe if I change these, these shallow things, then I, then, then I am that, you know? I think it's a lot better to identify yourself as, as a trans woman or a trans man, but not to identify yourself as a woman or a man. You know, and many people may think that I'm purely just coming from a Christian perspective. You'll be surprised. <laughs> You'll be surprised at how many people 
many people even in my industry who are even afraid to speak out on, on, on these kinds of things because they don't want to offend anybody who aren't Christian and have these very same stances. In fact, many women are quite offended by this, right? Um, I'm not offended by it. I won't lie to you. I'm, I'm personally not offended by it. I understand why they would be offended by it. I'm not offended by it. I'm just calling a stick a stick. I'm just calling a spade a spade. And I am, honestly, this is actually to help you. You know, um, because then if you're going to identify something, you have to identify with it completely, you know, fully, have all the chromosomes. And if you have to transition into that, that should tell you that you're not that then. Remember, transitioning into something means that you, you were something before and then you become something else after, right? But then it's like you, you were never that, that thing that you transitioned into then. So just because you felt like it, it doesn't mean you are it. And transitioning it into it physically doesn't, doesn't make, make you that in every other res respect, you know? So that's another topic. Guys, we could, get, we could talk about the queer one for a long time, but I really want to get into what should identify you. Um, and so before that, I want to get into the last debunk, which is, and this one is probably going to keep it really short, um, even though it also may, may offend some people. Um, your identity is not found in yourself. And this is probably a good transition into what actually identifies you. You don't get to identify yourself. Um, I think um, Professor Jordan Peterson um, once put it as a very simple statement, um, identity is not subjective, right? It's objective, meaning you don't get to decide who you are. That's all the other identities or identifications that, that, I, that I mentioned earlier, um, all, the, all of them based in feeling, et cetera. They all kind of come in this as well. But even if, let's say, you don't identify as queer or you don't identify with your ancestors or your culture or anything else, but you choose to identify as purely yourself, this is generally, I think, found in, well, I can only think about, not only, but I think about it a lot in um, you know, the space of um, belief, and you know, religion um, or atheism or um, you know, agnostics, many people who don't have, let's say, a, I wanna say like a deity of a belief um, or don't think of things in the spiritual or whatever, um, or even have this new whole idea of new age spirituality is that they tend to identify themselves, not just with themselves, but by themselves. Um, and that's a very dangerous thing. Many of these are dangerous. I think I say that a lot. But that's a very dangerous thing because, like I said, if you are going to make something exist in one sense, quite often it exists in many other senses as well. So if my identity is found in myself, then whatever I think of myself is true. Not just, percept not, not just the perception, right? Because we understand what the, the whole idea of perception and how that becoming your ultimate reality. But... If I identify that, and then I claim it as truth. If I, sorry, if I identify myself with that and then I claim it as truth, that's a problem. Um, it, it's, it, it, it then means that if, it's almost as though it's fine to say, um, oh yeah, I get to define myself, so I am smart, I am beautiful, I am, um, I am 
amazing, you know, I'm awesome, I'm trying to find all these, you know, really dope adjectives, you know, um, I'm a hard worker, all this stuff, right? And it sounds great in those respects, right? So then it's like, okay, cool, yeah, maybe that's why you should define yourself. Awesome. But what happens if I then think of negative attributes to myself? Um, does that then make me me? Or is it again a perception thing? And again, like I said, perception becomes your ultimate reality even if it's not the ultimate truth. So, so uh, do you get where I'm going with this? It's like, how can it work for, yeah, you, you get to define yourself, yeah, so then, you know, and it works for all, all the positive statements, but for all the negative statements, I can guarantee you, if you really love anybody, if you really love that person, and identity is defined by what you claim, by what you, you deem yourself to be, if you hear that person say all those negative things about themselves, I'm almost certain that if you love them, you will stop them immediately, because you know where, where it's leading up to. You know, you know where, where it lands. And then you also get the things where then just because people identify themselves as something um, and, and uh, you know, because identity then becomes subjective, they then believe that they can operate in whatever way they will to operate in society, right? Which, again, is the problem with all the other identities that, 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 I, that I spoke about. Is that so not because I get to identify myself, when I get into society, I can act the way that I want to act. I can be the way that I want to be, and nobody can tell me anything. But then if I then come to realize that what you've identified yourself as is a problem to society, and not just a problem to you, but really a problem to me as well, and then you, you choose to remain that, it's a problem. It's, 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 it's a problem. It's like, then... I don't know, I can easily then identify, and I'm, I know I'm, I'm going to extremes, but then I can easily identify myself as, as a murderer. You know, and then I can just, let's go murdering people. Like some things, guys, you know some things, aren't, we don't have to overcomplicate them. Identity can't be subjective. Identity can't be based on what the people of yesteryear did. Identity can't be based on my sexual orientation or my gender orientation. It's like we go somewhere and it seems fine. Then we go, oop, actually, this is, this is actually a problem now. And instead of addressing the problem, it's like we, we try to find a way that, that, like, you know, that butters it up because it's worked in some respect or for a certain period of time. Um, so we should just focus on that. Like, let's just, you know, let's just reel in on the good of it and not realize all the toxicity that it's causing in, in the world around us because we are so emotional about everything. We're so passive about everything. And not everything really is about us as individuals. Some things really are about every single person, which actually brings me to <laughs> what identity is actually supposed to be, my identity. And I'm not saying that it's the, it's the accepted identity because it's my identity. I mean, I actually chose it because it, it seems to be the identity that doesn't just look for my well-being, my benefit, my growth, you know, to, to, my, um, to my prosperity. But it's an identity that seeks the greater good. Like it's one that, that ensures that everyone else's identity 
is intact. Everyone else's identity is, um, is, 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 is secure, you know, it's kept protected. Where people can really exercise who they are and live as they will without hindering anybody else's will. You know, in a very safe society where everyone gets to really grow um, and develop in a healthy way. So when it came to identity, I remember I first kind of identified with this before, right? Um, and I think I, I, I yo, actually, I, I, I forgot to touch on this one, but I'm kind of going to touch on it now. Um, I remember I, at first I thought I identified in this. And then I kind of realized that it's not so much that I identified in this, but I identified in the idea of this, right? Purely because of my parents at some point identifying in this, um, you know, you know, my, my immediate social circle identifying in this. Um, until, I mean, as I said earlier, I question everything. So even what I do, uh, what I believe, I questioned it and I was like, but do I really identify in this? How do I, how do I actually identify in this in truth and should I? Um, and then when I came to the truth of it, I realized that I, I, I had the right idea, but I didn't actually identify in this to the core. So I grew up Christian, right? And um, I wasn't, I mean, I don't grow up in a Christian family per se, but for a while, um, you know, my family, went, we went to church um, and then eventually I grew in my, in, in my Christianity. And now I can strongly say that I am a Christ, I'm Christ follower, right? Um, so much so that even on the reality show, when my parents, um, even my mother now, my mother is, you know, definitely Christian now, but on the show, she wasn't. When they questioned that and, you know, they tried to, you know, attack that, etc., I wasn't changed, I wasn't moved by it, purely because they were my parents. Now I knew who I was, right? Um, but there was a point in my life where in, in growing up Christian, I identified with Christianity and not Christ. And I know I said that was the second last ident uh, debunk before, you know, the one in identifying yourself, but I think th th this is the one that I also wanted to touch on, where people identify in their religion and not in God where you are so rigid um, in your idea of Christianity um, that you are so, that you are kind of insensitive to the voice of God and more so sensitive to everything that you have learned about Christianity. It's almost like you've walked this walk of religion so much that God can't say, okay, now go right. And then you're like, no, that can't be God because my pastor said. Or that can't be God because, you know, ABC said, you know. And so for me, that was, that was me for a very long time, you know, where um, I wasn't very sensitive to the voice of God. And so even this whole, I, you know, idea of, of Christ or Christianity, it, it, it was very religious. I, I never really spent time, much time in, in the word of God to really be like, okay, you know what, who is this person? And do I truly believe them? Do I truly believe in them? Or do I believe in, in an idea of who they are? Now, I'm not saying that, you know, 
Christ is found in um, anything opposite to the Bible because that's who Christ is, right? He's literally in his word, right? Um, but what I'm saying is I knew su such a, there was a very limited understanding that I had of the word that when the word came um, in a way that I didn't know myself, I rejected it because it didn't align with my idea, right? And there's a problem when your identity is found in your idea of a Christian walk as opposed to found in Christ himself. And if it's not obvious, that's who I find my identity in. Like my identity is found in Christ and not in a, in a very simplistic, um, oh yeah, I believe in Jesus Christ, you know, and not in a very religious, um, oh yeah, this is the right religion. Um, so let's, you know, let's, let's debunk and, and have discord and debates about which is the right religion, which is the wrong religion, and let's nitpick it. That, that's, that, that's not even the core of what I'm saying at all. I'm saying that my identity is found in something, which is not something, it's actually someone higher than myself. I did not want to find my identity in something that is beneath me. So idols, money, possessions, um, etc. I did not want to find my identity in something that is equal to me or like me, um, like other people, um, my ancestors, um, even myself, because I know that I lie even to myself. Um, I'm not always right. Um, my feelings change. Why would I find identity in something that is not surefire? You know what I mean? Like, I, I am an imperfect being, so I won't even find my identity in myself or anything that makes me me. But I knew that I wanted to find myself, or, <laughs> which is myself, funny enough, but I wanted to find my identity in something higher than me or some being higher than me. And that being has to exist because I am a created being. That being has to exist because I did not make myself. I'm not just a blip in, in, in the universe. I didn't just come to being out of, out of nothing, out of nothingness. I had to be created. And so even if I never knew who or what that creation was, it was my life's mission to find out who that was so that I could identify myself with something. And the best part about the being that I identify myself as is that he actually made me like him and through him. I think that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in, in other words, he breathed his very life in me and then gave me dominion, gave me authority, gave me power, essentially. You know? So why would I want to identify myself in other things and other people, etc., and not identify myself with something higher? That's the very core of who we are as people. So for me, here's the logic behind this. It felt as though every other identity was or is founded in something physical or something in creation, even if it previously existed, like your ancestors or, you know, whatever. Um, 
it felt like everything else was based on something that's physical and whatever that physical thing may be seems to limit me um, or limit my potential or limit my growth. Why don't, even if that very thing is myself, why don't I find my identity in not just something higher than me for the sake of finding identity in something higher than me, but really tracking or finding out who you know, my creator is, like where on earth I come from. Because I think that's the, very, that's the very source of identity. If you want to find out something about anything, you always look back to its source. So if that logic works for everything else in existence, why would it not work for me? And I get, like I said, I get why people find their identity in many other things um, or in their ancestors or, you know, in things around them. I'm not saying that those things do not, you know, add to you, but they limit you so much because they are not you. So why not try to find out who you are? And we know for a fact that you can't be the defining factor of that because you can't even decide your consequences. You know very little about yourself and everything you know about yourself is quite experiential. So why don't I try to find out who I am? And the only way that I can find out who I am is how we find out how or, who or what everything else is, which is tracking back to a source, and that's what I did. So I think that that should be the very beginning of us finding our identity. Then we'll, then we'll be led to truth, the ultimate truth, not just a perceived truth. You know? So hence, even religion or the idea of religion in and of itself is not the ultimate truth. In fact, it's the reason why even you know, Christ came and, and decided to destroy all these ridiculous ideologies that we have, even of belief in and of itself. He was so tired of people not really knowing their true source, their true identity, and living that out in its fullness. It's the reason why he said he came to give us life and life in abundance, meaning what, what true life actually means. Everything else that we know about life is quite limiting. Our, our, how we operate in our gender identifications, how we operate um, in our day-to-day -day runnings, you know, um, as, as living for the next dollar, the next penny, um, as living moment to moment, day, day by day, paycheck to paycheck, it's all ending. But why not try to see how you are to actually live in the trueness of, of, of who you are completely? You know what I mean? And so, and so for me, it was very important for me to find that out. And that's what led me to, to God, you know, um, where God wasn't and isn't just some distant being, um, <clears throat> just some distant being who, who created everything and then it's, that's it, it's done. Like we don't have a relationship with this God, with this being, um, and it has absolutely nothing to do with me. But God is this very personal being who operates and can operate through me, and I too can manifest as a God in, in, in the world that I've been placed in, right? Like I said, because I'm a created being, so I need to figure out who, what created me so that I could actually live, live that out and live that fully, you know? So the people who lived before me were not enough for that to, to, to manifest. Um, my structure was a, and is not enough for that to manifest. Um, what I think about myself was and is not enough for that to manifest. So the one, not even thing, but the one being that makes all of that enough 
is the one who created me and having a personal relationship with that being is what helps me operate here in life right and so now we may think that okay well then i guess just knowing god is enough um and just <clears throat> finding out what he says about me is enough um and it is but there is a way in which that happens authentically and fully and that is through christ now when i say through christ i don't mean that in an overly spiritual overly overly religious way as to say yes you're supposed to know who jesus is in theory believe that he died for your sins and he rose again on the third day and then you live in him no it's to it's to have him operate through your life have him guide your decisions um guide your thoughts um just essentially be your overall guide because he's the only one who actually lived this life perfectly you know he's not just some being who um came existed and died and then like i said it's just some far removed idea you know it was god's love being made manifest so purely and so powerfully that he left his um his beautiful amazing heavenly throne to come here and and essentially humble himself to his creation so that he can show his creation how life actually is to be you know that you can live in prosperity that you can flourish that you can be yourself that you can find out who you truly are and live really fulfilled lives and still accommodate everyone around you i think that's the beauty of my identity is that it's not just about me but it's about myself and everyone around me so that we can all live in peace and harmony and truth and not just a very shallow self-centered perception of truth So if you can do yourself a favor I may help with this podcast other people may help with other videos or I don't know podcasts or topics or whatever even pastors may help whatever but if you can do yourself a favor and go beyond that and find out who you are through your source that's find out who your source is. And that's the only way the only way that you can live authentically and have other people actually love to be with you and coexist with you in their own authenticity as well. It's the only way you won't be offended when other people do not appease you. Only way you won't be offended when I don't know when other people are living a completely different life to yours. because you know who you truly are so you can accept them for who they are and what they think and if you're lucky well let me say if you're fortunate or blessed you can lead them and guide them to truth too so uh yeah this is a this is a great topic um it's not a topic that just ends here it's not a topic that I want to end here because there's so much more to unpack to it. 
I'm really excited about the unpacking of this topic. I thought I was going to be nervous, but I'm actually really excited about it. Because not only does it allow me to live freely, but I hope that it sparks conversation in you. And I hope that it sparks conversation with people around you and with us. Because identity is something that you live out. It's not just something that remains in your head and you know in theory. So continue the conversation, and I promise you we're going to continue the conversation here. I'm so excited for part two, whatever that may be. Um, I guess we'll see where this topic leads us. Thank you so much for allowing me to, to be open with you for the very first time in this way. Um, it's very exciting for me. <laughs> I think it's finally a true manifestation of what open book is meant to be. And if there's anything that you want to open up about, please let me know. Let me know in the comments. Let me know in, in so, on the socials. Um, if you ever want to come onto the show, actually, please, let's, anything you disagree with, come through, come open up, and let's see your chapters. I love you so much. Open book with Bakumi, signing out.